is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. This is Julia Caulfield from the Kodo News Team. I am here to host Off the Record on this fine Tuesday evening. <laughs> We're, uh, today we are talking all about the original Thinkers Festival, which is coming up in a few short weeks. And I am joined in studio by Laura Shawnette and David Holbrook. Thanks for being here, y'all. Thanks Thank so much you. for having us, Julia. Why did you have to call those weeks short? <laughs> yeah. I was just Thanks like, for short? Who's, who's, who's going to have a short? <laughs> David doesn't think of anything in terms of short. <laughs> there's, there's that, but I'm like, uh, wait. No, so, I was just don't we have you, all the time in the world? A, yeah, just yeah, we've got months. A lazy, a lazy September. <laughs> and then in theory, we also have Meredith Lavitt on the phone. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm Hi, doing Meredith. well. So where where are we talking to you from? I am in Park City, Utah. Very nice. Um, so yes, as I mentioned, we're talking original thinkers mm-hmm. today. I know that folks who listen often have been to the festival in the past will know who y'all are. But can you just give a quick rundown of what original thinkers is and then how each of you are involved? Sure. I, I guess as the founder, I get to start yeah. and, and the self-proclaimed <laughs> ringleader. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I started this. Actually, I started the brand. I bought OriginalThinkers.com in like 2004 for films I was making. After a, a, a exciting decade at Mountain Film, I was like, I love the festival game. And, and I think it's really important. It has a huge place in our cultural understanding of the world. And started this Ideas Festival here in Telluride. I was thrilled to be joined by Gabe Lifton Zolene and Nancy Schaefer, who helped found it. And we're really you know, trying to do something different with Ideas. I've been lucky to work with Laura and, her, and of course, her wife, Geneva, on a bunch of things. And then Meredith, who you introduced earlier, is a new addition to the team. She's president of the company and a partner in this. She came out about 20 years of Sundance and doing all these incredible programs. And we're really lucky to have her. So I think you should ask the question of her, what is Original Thinkers about? Just putting you on the spot, Meredith. Yeah, Meredith, I will ask you, um, what, what do you see Original Thinkers as? And what, what made you want to join this band of crazy people? Good question. <laughs> Good question. Um, well, one, I'll start off by why I wanted to, you know, joining David and Laura and the, the really talented team that um, is Original Thinkers was a no-brainer. I, I love the vision and the mission of what we're doing. Um, and coming off of Sundance, it was, it's an exciting way to get re-engaged really with an intimate festival that has a lot of opportunities to grow um, and make a, and make a difference, which is important. So you asked what is Original Thinkers, and I'll tell you, you know, we're a media company. Um, I would say the heart of it is that we um, have this ideas festival, which is multidisciplinary, and it's really where the intersection of ideas and story come together. Um, we look at really authentic stories and and new, fresh thinking that can help us navigate the complex world we live in. Um, an original thinker can be anyone. Our motto is we're all original thinkers when we put our minds to it, and we believe in that inclusive, inclusivity and also that, you know, ideas can come from anywhere, um, and they're multidisciplinary. It can be a film, it could be a speaker, it could be a musician, a performer, a scientist, an author. So it, it keeps us on our toes and it, it makes the program really interesting and provocative. Laura, wow. we're sending it to you. You really nailed did it. I, I know, we did I do a good job? Yeah, you passed. You can, you yeah. can stay president. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what do you do here? <laughs> what do I, that's, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, Everything. You know, yeah, I, I started back in 2018 with our first festival. And when I first came out, I was doing events. Um, cause my wife and I had just started an event company and we really, uh, were passionate about making custom spaces where people could be themselves and where people could connect. And it felt like that really aligned with what original thinkers was trying to do. And, um, 
it was really, I also have a very, you know, strong love of story. As some folks may know in the community, I run a storyteller's night called The Download. And so um, when David approached us about this new idea, this new project, this new thing that was centered around story and gathering and sharing, it felt like so organic to want to be part of that. And my relationship and my position in the company has definitely shifted over the years. I started out, of course, in events. And then uh, I actually designed our first venue, which wow. I'm just remembering. Like, it was, there were, we had all these little gaps, and we were like, wait, we don't have someone to do this? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so I'd try to be a yes person. I'm learning to be a little better about that. <laughs> she she owns the first all nighter and original thinkers. Yeah. So just work. She's like, breakdown. I'm like, how are you doing? She goes, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, you don't look so. She goes, well, I've been up all night, but I think I've got everything done. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. And, but it was a lesson. I think Laura's seen that and really helped shape so much of what we're doing, our sensibility, yeah. and all of it. For sure. And so now I'm in more of a more of a programming role. And over the past. In 2019, or no, in 2020, um, I came in to help with programming and putting together stories, which has been such a blast and really aligns with a lot of what I love to do. And um, just connecting with folks, hearing their stories, and helping to kind of find the commonalities between them and between us all, and how can we learn from each other. Yeah. And I would just add real quick, we have Skylar Shelmy, who's been working with us, who's terrific and came on the company. It's been mm -hmm. such a huge asset. Patrick Sheehan who's doing social and marketing in Geneva, who we talked about. She's, Jared Carter's yeah. working with us, Pepper Raper. Like, we've got a really good crew of locals, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy to see, like, so many people in the community stepping forward to be involved in this, as you said, bunch of crazy people <laughs> doing this kind of crazy thing. Well, and you all touched on multiple things that I want to get back to, huh. but um, so folks who who may not know the show uh, the festival is 10 shows you call them that each have their each show has its own theme mm -hmm. and each show potentially has a few guests or a couple films that go along with that we're actually going to talk to several of the people who are going to be here as presenters or as show speakers yeah. speakers yeah. there you yes. go that's the word that you yeah. can use to describe All what works. they do um but i'm curious of you have these 10 shows they are all separate in their own right, mm -hmm. but I wonder how you, and Laura, this might be a good question for you, how you go through kind of starting to think through what are these shows? What is this um, curated group of ideas that you're working to put together each year? How do you go through that process? We, have an, we have an algorithm. <laughs> yeah, right, seriously, <laughs> if only we did. Um, I love that question. Um, First, before we get too far into that, I want to clarify, um, we do a, we have 10 virtual shows. They'll all be online. We'll have six in-person shows, and everything that we're doing in-person is also going to be available online, which we're super excited about because it expands this offering to so many more people. Um, when I try to explain these shows to people, because I'm a podcast person, I always kind of think of each show as an episode of This American Life or something like nice. that, where you have kind of an overarching theme and then several stories throughout that you would never expect to tie together. And it, I like to think that, you know, the download does that too, but it's so fun in Original Thinkers because we're playing with so many, as Meredith mentioned, so many disciplines, so many mediums. And sometimes, this is the, I mean, David has to check me on this a lot because sometimes I get so hooked on an idea and I want everything to fit to that. And instead, we, we have to listen to the story we have to listen to the speaker so sometimes we'll be like we'll, we'll just send each other articles like all year even if the festival is months out we're like yo look at this person they're so interesting look at what they're doing let's have a conversation with them and so we get them on the phone and then they say something totally fascinating and like that becomes the tagline for one of the shows the title yeah, that's line. what I mean. Not, yeah. yeah, the title. Thank you. And it's so fun because we have so much freedom to play with this because we don't have a theme for the overall festival. There's nothing that we have to adhere to, but it's really fun to kind of build these mini themes so that we can really hone in and distill these similarities and make a connection that maybe people weren't going to make before. And I think that's something we pride ourselves in general in is giving people time to really take in what they're hearing and learning. And we we try not to overdo it but we're yeah. still learning that I think, I think that's right is just you know, to build these different ideas that are spread out yeah. universally in a way and, and i think a lot of what we're looking at is the human condition and trying to understand that you know we're not a tech festival ted does a great job of that and there's plenty of those 
We're now at a Washington DC festival, Aspen Ideas is there. Um, you know, Summit, it's its own version. What we're saying, okay, wait, there are stories in each of these ideas and if we can make that connection, it's so much more accessible. <clears throat> Ted Wilson, uh, who, who runs the horror show, said something to me really interesting, that, that fascinated me. He said, I read all your emails, I get them, I'm, I'm really interested in what you're doing, but I'm also a little intimidated by it. And, and I get that, and I, and I understand, but like, I also feel that's why the stories are so important. Because he's telling stories, and full respect for Ted, what he's achieved with that. Not horror, horror is not my thing, but I love what he's done, and I think what we're trying to do is, is say this is accessible, and, and you don't, you know, it, these stories are universal. Mm -hmm. You know, that just runs through everything we're doing. Yeah. Well, so that kind of leads me to another question as well, though, because obviously with any festival, people who choose to go to it, who are spending money to go to it, it is, it's a self-selecting group, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have an ideas festival, mm -hmm. you know, how do you, as the people creating this, say, we don't want to just preach to the choir, unless mm -hmm. you do. Um, but, you know, how do you then expand it beyond people who are all just are already kind of agreeing with each other and are agreeing with what the things that are being presented in the what in the shows are and, and how do you kind of push against that and Meredith Laura was pointing to you I know, so. <laughs> to answer that I question. think that <laughs> Meredith brings a lot to this part of the conversation I'd love to hear her thoughts on that sure so you know I think it's a really important question because you don't want to just preach to the choir because that's that that's not really um, that helpful. Um, but I do think that even within the choir, we are introducing new ideas and different lenses and different perspectives. So even within the choir, there's that room for expansion. And then there's our virtual festival. And the virtual festival is really the best way to be inclusive and reach all the different pockets around the world um, and you're not going to preach to the choir there because you don't know who's going to sign up um, and I think it's also really important that as we grow the festival and our company we do outreach to different groups and in that outreach is the you know that's the real fabric is in you know is, is in that work because you don't want to just reach groups that are going to, um, like you said, like all have the same bent. You're, you want to reach across aisles and, and you know, be able to have a really meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and I'd add to that, it, Meredith has really been heading this effort, and it's been, you know, coming out of Sundance, their outreach tentacles are amazing. And, you know, globally, locally, all of it. And, and so she's really been pushing that, and... and has had meetings with a Christian group that I didn't know has 15,000 members. It's really interesting saying, oh, yeah, we'd love to share your programming. And that's not something that would come to mind. And that as we start to broaden that, we can go in a bunch of different directions. And, and, and Meredith said a key word in there, which is we're a company. You know, we're not a nonprofit. We're trying to, to make this a profitable venture. And that requires getting people to pay for what we're doing. But at the same point, we're also really interested. You know, we are mission-driven. And if we can't, if all we're doing is getting these ideas with people already, two people who already have a lot of access to ideas, then we've failed in our mission in some way, or at least come short. And, and so people who are listening, you know, send us an email at info at originalthinkers.com if you have ideas of people or entities or groups or, you know, whoever it is, we're, we really want to have those conversations. And I think, Julia, it's, it's as, an, as important a question as you can ask. Mm-hmm. So then, and I'll just yeah, go on. add, Julia, really quickly to that is, um, you know, as I reach out to these groups, these unlikely groups, like you know, this, the group that David's referring to is the Windrider Institute, and um, I think the commonality between all of us is humanity, and at the end of the day, if we can, if we can discuss things on that level, we can all, we, we can appreciate difference. Um, and 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 find similarities, and I think that's that's how what makes us all more human is, you know, being open to listening to different viewpoints and lenses and and ideologies, and growing from that together, and, and realizing we're all coming from the same place. We're all human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then on that note, 
Um, when people come to the festival, whether it's in person, and I feel like we haven't even fully described what it's going to look like yet, so mm -hmm. we, let's, we'll bounce back to that in a moment. But for people who are coming to or are in Telluride to see the in-person show or are participating in the virtual show, when they leave, mm -hmm. what do you hope or what is your goal that they leave being energized to do or thinking about or action to be taking so it's not just a, oh, that was nice, and now we go about our day? You ask hard questions. I like this question. <laughs> I, something that I love about... Um, about what we're doing, especially, you know, on an in-person level, we are so small that um, it's very intimate, I would say. So there's like um, a lot of, we keep using this word accessibility, and so I don't want to overuse that one, but there are a lot of opportunities for our audience to interact with our guests. And there's a lot of opportunity for really um, engaging conversation to happen and there's not a huge separation between audience and speaker. Um, so we hope that people will leave feeling connected and feeling like they've made a network of new friends with new ideas that push them to think in a new way. Aside from those that they've heard only on stage, um, we hope that they are inspired to share their own stories and to find the own big, their own big ideas within their stories and the stories they hear from people that maybe they weren't looking for before. Um, I think that's something that we really want to advocate for and in all storytelling and in, in all listening to people who think differently, there's something new to be learned and new to be seen through the lens of others. And so sometimes there's an action item. Sometimes there's, you know, I want to get really involved in this nonprofit or I want to make sure that this stops happening here. So I'm going to put my dollars there. And that's amazing. But I think that all of that begins with having the courage to pursue original thought. Wow, that was so well put. I mean, seriously, and I, and I think Laura and I have been working together for a while, and she can articulate these things in a way that I, I feel like I, I stumble, which is ironic. But, but it is that notion of connection, and I think that that I always wrestled at Mountain Film when I saw these environmental films being like, at the end, change your light bulbs. And, and that, that action item is a really tricky thing, and, and, but, but, the, the, but connection isn't. And, and then furthering that story, taking that story. We have this incredible woman coming in named Tiny. Mm -hmm. um, and she's from Pine Ridge Reservation. She's the star of a film called The Bears of Pine Ridge about a rash of suicides on <clears throat> that reservation that she is disrupting, that she's put together programs that, that, that's clearly working. And, and that work is so important. And people will meet her, and they'll, they'll know what to do. You know, and they'll know how they can help there, or they can help here. They'll know what to do, and uh, that's what I hope. And, and I think what we try to do is, is give people enough programming that they're full, but not so much programming that they're stuffed. And that we give them the time to connect with each other in ways that, you know, uh, you just don't happen at other festivals, because the intimate word that Laura used is really critical, and the whole notion of, of, of taking the time like yeah let's have tea at the tea house let's go to smugglers have a beer let's that's a real thing because the way we schedule it here in telluride is um no fomo yeah it's just like <laughs> it, it's chill you know we want that intentionally on the virtual program it's a really good question i think we have to have an internal conversation about of how do we motivate our virtual audience mm -hmm. to connect yeah yeah we're finding ways to make that more dynamic and on, internally, one of my favorite parts of when people do participate in our virtual programming is, is the emails we get, I would say, and the feedback that we get. But hopefully moving forward, we can find a way to make that more interactive. And um, on to also like tying back to what Meredith said earlier about our reach. I know that we're all feeling kind of pushed into a corner by this pandemic in so many ways, but one of the things that it has pushed us into is identifying this virtual space, which is so much easier for us to spread. And so hopefully as we continue to spread that, we can also continue to advance our interaction with these people and um, to hear more stories and ideas from folks who are participating and not just in the in-person space. Yeah. Um, on that note, y'all keep like teeing up, segueing beautifully. Um, but can you, can you share a little bit about both what the in-person and virtual programming is going to look like this year and maybe what some of the, um, what some of the shows that we have going on this year is, are? Yeah, we, we've got a lot. And <clears throat> six year, one on Thursday night, which is Mission Joy. 
um, which is a terrific film by Luis Hoyos, and we'll be hearing from him in a little bit, and Peggy Callahan, his co-director. Two shows on Friday, two shows on Saturday, one on Sunday. These are not this weekend. No. This is October. <laughs> so the festival takes place September 30th to October 3rd. Uh, and, sorry, and then we have the virtual program for the whole month. And mm -hmm. so, do, you want, do we want to talk about sh particular shows or some guests? What, what are some standouts? Do you have any standouts? Oh, <laughs> they're all standouts, Julia. <laughs> How can you ask? I know, That's I like my favorite child. Like uh, I, I do actually have a couple favorites. I can tell you, um, you know, we're speaking to some really special guests from some of the amazing ones. David just mentioned that our opening show will be featuring a film called Mission Joy, which follows this friendship between Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And um, we're going to speak with the filmmakers shortly, so I won't give too much of that away. Can I, while we're there, yeah. we're doing, it's our opening show, and then we're also going to do another screening of Burn Sunday. We're requiring, you know, we're snug in the Opera House, and we're sold out of our regular pace passes. We still have some patron passes, but we're going to do another screening of that film Sunday for the community, and we hope people will come. Pass holders be priority, but anybody who doesn't is free and, and welcome to join. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then we'll have um, another show on Friday that will showcase that film that, that David just shared, the Bears, on Pine, the Bears of Pine Ridge. And then we'll talk, in that show we'll be speaking to healing. Um, I'm, I'll, how do we it's heal? It's called How Do We Heal? Yeah, I'm like, how much do I give away? But we've released all of <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, it's all our money. How do we heal? As as and we're going to kind of explore <laughs> these different ways that humans heal or maybe help to lift others up in their healing process. And then we'll also have a show called Becoming Braver, which will feature an incredible film called Rebel Hearts. Um, and we're gonna speak to that filmmaker in the hour as well. His name's Pedro Koss, I'm excited for that. Um, so we'll get more into detail with that. Um, we also have another show called Truth Decay, amazing term that David has introduced me to that I love to use. Um, and that is going to kind of explore how truth degenerates through um over time and it as it filters through many lenses and um intergenerational truths chosen truths truth means so many different things to different people we will have another show called our purpose is our story and i think in summation is mostly like what is the intention in the life we lead? What is the legacy we live for? How are we touching others? And we're going to showcase a bunch of different people who have done that in such different ways that I cannot wait for people to see that. And then, um, let into me just the see. after. Into it's our closing after. show here on Sunday, midday, until you're out. And it's really when we emerge from this pandemic. What do we want to see? What do we want? Who do we want to be? And, and we have terrific guests, including this remarkable woman who's the CEO of a hedge fund called Engine Number One, which is a climate crisis-focused hedge fund that gets, um, they got <clears throat> four directors on the Exxon board, which is an extraordinary thing to do. And they're mm -hmm. fascinating, and, and this remarkable woman named Jean Olwang, who's put together this work on partnerships. And we'll have this couple named Mick and Kasky Ebeling, who were something called Not Impossible Labs, which is just mind-blowing. And, and really, go online and see that. Laura went through those shows. We have four more virtually, which are knockout, but as you said earlier, like each of these is a combination of speakers built around a theme. Yeah. We're working film into it, we've got performance, we've got unexpected stuff, and the other thing I'd really love to mention, this is new, and I'm pretty sure it was most good ideas, it was Laura's, but it's called the OT Spotlight, and we're one-on-one -on -one with Paul Farmer, you know, Dr. Paul Farmer, who's amazing, and we're just gonna be in conversation with him. We'll have this terrific uh, performance by singer-songwriter Chris Pierce, Who's knockout? Um, We've got this uh, spoken word poet named Malcolm London. He works. He's totally incredible. He's done work with like with Common and with Chance the Rapper, and um, and he has done incredible activism through his music. We've also got this a friend of Original Thinkers. Her name's Gwen Tompkins. She is a radio host and educator down in New Orleans, and she's going to give a talk on music that I cannot wait for people to hear. It's also gonna be part of our virtual program. All the stuff we're mentioning will be available virtually. Um, and she's gonna, her talk is called Strength in Silent Spaces. And I love this because she's a music historian and she is going to kind of share some of the history of how not only the notes that musicians and composers choose to play tell the story, but also 
when to play them and how much power is held in the silence between. And I think that's so cool. And she'll give examples and it'll be a really immersive experience while we're in the opera house because she'll be here for that. Who else do I have? Oh, we have, uh, we'll have a psychedelic talk um, with a woman named Rachel Kolar, who's going to be really incredible. And she's done a lot of, um, you know, work and studying with ancient medicines. And then, oh, I can't even think, oh, we're going to have in person on Sunday morning from Rebel Hearts. We'll have one of the nuns from that film giving a non-denominational, um, sermon at the warehouse. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can pick a favorite thing. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to mention the women's circle because it's Ooh, new this year. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing a women's circle focusing on leadership and successful partnerships of women in the workplace and, and in life and the different speakers and guests that are um, at the festival presenting will be involved in that plus any, any um any women identifying pass holders are welcome to join as well. We hope they do so that it's a really robust discussion. Um, and it's going to be great. Pat Mitchell um, and Jean Oling are going to um, kick it off. We're not going to mock it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm so excited to be at the AHA. It's such a beautiful space. We're so lucky to have it. The new, uh, the new rooftop space. It looks like David has queued up a couple of our callers yeah. from our, our first show. So, Meredith, I think we're going to let you go for the sake of not having too many people on the line at once. Um, but thank you so much for, for joining for a little bit, and we'll be talking, talking with you soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks, Meredith. Thanks so much. All right, let's see if we have our folks on the air. We should have um, Luis Hoyos and Peggy Callahan. Can y'all hear us okay? Wonderfully. Oh, yeah, yes. my gosh, look at that crystal clear I, technology. I set up that call all by myself. <laughs> you did. I did it. Didn't have to ask one of my kids. <laughs> um, so, Louis and Peggy, you are part of the um, the show called Joy is an Inside Job, and you are co-directors on the film Mission Joy, which Laura mentioned a little bit about earlier. But can you give a quick elevator pitch on, on what this film is? Go on, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <clears throat> Which description do we like the best? Because it's so many things. (laughs) Um, At its core, it is a film about uh, deep connection and friendship as a way toward joy. And you get to witness how these men who have experienced very tough things in our life live with joy. And you get to laugh out loud a lot. And then you get to cry with them. And then you just get to be inspired and really thankful that they're on this planet. Now, Louie will do that a lot better. Go, Louie, Louie, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say it's like, you know, two of the greatest spiritual leaders teaching us how to find joy in a world full of a lot of sorrow right now. Mm-hmm. I think this film is really, uh, you know, couldn't come out at a better time because just collectively humanity is... You know, going through a lot of existential crisis that world that's binding us all, but it's also uh, making us question what it is to be human. And I think these two gentlemen answer that extremely well for us. The, the film, making the film, changed my life. I mean, I, I mean that with all sincerity. I, I, I looked at the screen, the 15 and a half hours that Peggy had shot of these two men together. And I felt transformed after I saw it. I mean, there's a lot of things that I was starting to get right in my life, but this sort of snapped it into place. I, I think it was kind of chiropractic for the soul. I love that phrase. That's the best. I just, I just registered as a domain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the things that I felt was really interesting um, watching the film is, if I'm honest, I really just wanted to see a supercut of Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama like poking fun at each other and laughing. Like, if I'm honest, the whole film was great, but that's what I wanted. Because as you mentioned, like, 
they're just so funny together. And I think it's um, Desmond Tutu's daughter that says that they're like eight, eight-year-old mischievous boys. And they really have that sense. Um, but then it is, it's that joy and laughter, but intentionally um, juxtaposed, juxtaposed against um, hardship and struggle that they both have gone through in their lives. And so I'm curious just to hear from y'all about why that felt like um, an important contrast to show up in this film. Well, I mean, do, do you want to take that, Peggy? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite, I think I was following the question until the last line. Sorry. No, it <laughs> goes. Yeah. Or I can re-ask it in a different way. Hit it, Louie. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I've got the gist of it, but I, I, I think you have, you know, you have two people that come from completely different walks of life. The Dalai Lama, who's raised in a thousand-room palace, and uh, Desmond Tutu, who was born in, you know, the, the slums of South Africa. And... The Dalai Lama lost his kingdom when he was in his 20s, and Desmond Tutu has, you know, led his country out of apartheid. And you have these both men coming through incredible struggles in their own life, and then coming to the same point, I think, as we all do. I think as really, you know, if we look at ourselves closely, what we're missing now is that connection with people. And the only thing they teach us that is going to give us real joy, the joy that's lasting, the joy that makes you feel like you've finally arrived at being human is when you're in service to other people, when you're helping other people. It's the only thing that's lasting is when, you know, it's not the stuff that comes out from outside of us, like the Dalai Lama says, you know, the big car, the house, the, the, you know, the corner office, the job, the money, all that stuff, when you attain it, it leaves you empty. And it's because you're looking in the wrong places for the, the joy that's going to fill you up. And I think once you realize that, it, it creates a sense of direction that, you know, I think a lot of us need. You know, we're, we're, you know we, we're, we're, we lost our colleagues at work. We're, you know, we have to be socially distanced from our friends. Um, you know, everything that's going on, we're losing that, that connection of what it means to be human. And they... Real, help realign us, I think, with what, what it means to be human. And one I of the things, what, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's all right, go on. And, well, one of the things that, that came out loud and clear is that the more you heard them speak, the more you heard them tease each other, you understood a lot of the key things they were saying, a, a really ancient wisdom. This this. Wisdom has been around for a long time, but then they challenged us to go find out what science had to say about it. They're like, don't take our words for it, figure it out. And then you check with neuroscientists, and it turns out that everything they were saying is absolutely backed up by science, which is another reason going forward in our impact campaign. We are really helping people understand in the impact campaign that joy isn't something you have to sit around and wait for it to tap you on the shoulder. You don't have to wait. You can create joy. And that's their big message to us. And as Louis says, one of the great things to do to connect, uh, to create joy is to help someone else because the first person you help when you help someone else is yourself. Mm. Oh, it's lovely. We, I just want to add the scientists, there's one of them in the film who's coming to Telluride, a woman named Sonia Lubavinsky which is really exciting. She and I actually went to high school in Washington, D.C. just <laughs> a few decades back. But uh, you, you see that, and I think that's a really important part of it is, is to understand the science. So we're, we're thrilled that she's joining along with Louie and Peggy. Yeah. One thing so that I'm curious about, and Louie, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but if I understand and have this correct, so correct me if I'm wrong, but so this conversation that you filmed was in 2015, um, and so how do you think that this conversation that took place six years ago in a very different world than we are in now, how do you think that this conversation speaks to or maybe hits differently that many years after it originally took place? Well, I mean, first of all, Peggy did uh, the, the filming 
of the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu over in, in India. She did that five years ago. But I, but I would I would answer that that's because their message is universal, and it doesn't matter what the strife is that you have in your life. The message is is central or the core of what makes us human. So they could have said it. In, you know, 200 years ago, and like Peggy says, it's it's it would have rang just as true. It's uh, it's it's ancient wisdom. And in their case, it's ancient and lived wisdom, right? They, yes. You know, so many times in life, when I don't know, people are feeling really bad, and 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 they hear from people who love them, but they feel misunderstood when the person says. But you could feel better if you did this, or what about if you did this? And they say, oh, you don't understand, you don't understand this pain. One of the things about hearing this message from these men is you really can't say that they don't understand pain. They've lived in pain, they've experienced it. I mean, um, death threats and um, severe deprivation, It's they've had some really hard times and still, they stand and still they stand and laugh a lot. Yeah. I think that is a great point to leave it on. Um, that it went so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Louie and Peggy, thank you so much for taking just a couple minutes this evening to, to call in and share a little bit about what you're going to be speaking at and sharing at original thinkers this year. And, We'll, we'll see you soon. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Great to hear your voices. See you guys soon. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, Thank we'll you so much. Thanks for having us. Cheers. All right. Oh, so fun. I'm so stoked. Yeah, now it's great to hear them. <laughs> um, so we are going to take a quick music interlude while we get our next guest on the line. This is going to be Pedro Koss, who is also has a film that's showing this year. Um, we will be back in just one moment. Thanks for tuning in to Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. We are back. Pedro, do we have you on on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Hello. Hi, Pedro. How's it going? Good. How are you all doing? So uh, great to be here. We are well. It's great to hear your voice. Thanks for joining us. Um, and yeah, we're speaking with you because you are going to be sharing your film, Rebel Hearts, as part of the Becoming Braver show at Original Thinkers this year, and I'm asking everybody it, but can you just give a quick, just a, a quick summary of, of what this film is? Absolutely. Well, Rebel Hearts is a story of the extraordinary um, Immaculate Heart sisters who um, were an order of nuns in Los Angeles 
who in the 1960s um, began to do a number of reforms, and that really kind of um, stirred some waves at that time, um, not only in Los Angeles, but around the United States and actually around the world, um, and it caused some pushback from the, patri- from the local patriarchy here in Los Angeles, and they, but they really stood their ground, and it kind of led to a kind of a big showdown, and, um, and one that still rever- rever- reverberates to this day. Um, and it really is an incredible story of courage and standing up for and sacrificing everything for what they believed in. So, um, yeah, that's Rebel Hearts in a nutshell. Yeah, I feel like when I've been talking about it, I was like, it's the movie about badass nuns. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And, I, I go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that, and, and you kind of touched on this, but they were very courageous and really did, they kind of stuck to their guns, but... When you're looking at the story, there's so many different facets. Like, they were kind of um, moving through with their conviction in so many different ways, both in art and in protest and in standing up to the church that they were part of. So when you're creating this film, how, how do you go about weaving all of those different narratives that are so connected but also separate from each other in some ways into into one story yeah that was a a big challenge but also in a way was a big opportunity to explore a lot of you know the different aspects of this one order so one of the things is we actually say that the lead character in the film is this community right this community of, of extraordinary women um, and, you know, one of them happened to be a very famous pop artist, Sister Corita Kent, who, you know, actually is the, one of the best-known pop artists of the 20th century, believe it or not. She did the Love Stamp. She did many other um, very famous uh, works of um, pop art. Um, there was uh, the filmmakers, there were writers, thinkers, scientists, you know, um, the, the lead, the, the head, the mother, mother general, as they actually used to call them, uh, was extraordinary woman. Ooh. And, Pedro, we're, we're, um, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if you can stand in oh, can you, a place better. How, is, <laughs> is, is, this, is this better? Yes. Yeah, that's you better. sound great. Okay, um, I was I was talking about the Mother General of the Order, and a sister Anita Caspery, who um, was a PhD in literature from Stanford. I mean, they all had we we call them in the edit room superpowers. So I think um, for us it was actually important to get a taste of the breadth and diversity of, of the extraordinary group of of women, and this community was really the lead character. So we really kind of. Um, focus in on what moved the story forward. And also, you know, they were being a part of the, the, the times. They were taking part in the movements of the time. You know, um, Sister Patrice Underwood marched in Selma with Martin Luther King. That's a very big part of the story. And they were taking part in the uh, farm workers' labor movement here in Southern California. They were marching with Cesar Chavez. They were... Um, and they also were being educators. They were educating and empowering their um, their students, especially their their female students at the Immaculate Heart College, to be leaders and to be thought leaders. So for us, it was really that sort of drive was really kind of leading the thread. And you know, and then you get to see different sides. You know, the the artist, the the, the thinker, the educator, the activist. Um, and you know, it all comes to a head. And so I think that was, uh, that was, but it was important because every single facet of these, this extraordinary community played a, played a part in the story. Yeah. You might say that they were an order of original thinkers. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You said it first. (laughs) And they so were. And and Pedro, before we were talking with Luis Ahoyos and Peggy Callahan, who did Mission Joy about the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And I think that it's funny to hear this isn't a faith festival. 
However, these are times that call for a different level of thinking, internal introspection, and, and also outward, you know, what they talked about in the last segment of what can we do to help? And you see these women in this incredibly challenging atmosphere where the, the literal patriarchy, they're coming down on them, and they're resisting, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And Can I tag into that? Of course you As can. As someone who has a you. very uh, complicated relationship with the church, I have to say that both of these stories, yes, on the surface, maybe they're looking, yes, they're looking at these religious figures, but they're humanizing. They are taking these... Inclusive... These, yeah, well, they're they're really amplifying these human elements in these characters because I know, like, from far on the outside, you might hear nuns and you have this image in your head of what that looks like, but these women have their own story and their own mission and their own advocacy within this story that is just so beautiful and the courage that they had to, to pursue it is so inspiring. And I think the same with the story we were just talking about as well. It's yeah. really that fundamental human need that these leaders were seeking and that was joy and these women you know in, a, in the pursuit of various kinds of equity were really courageous in defying the catholic church and i think it's it's so exciting also because a couple of them are coming to i can't wait sister rosa sister lenore yeah rosa manriquez is going to give a a non-denominational, I, I mentioned a non-denominational sermon on Sunday morning that I am so excited for. Um, and these, these women are just truly so incredible and inspiring. They are. And, and we really, um, one of the things we call it is the joyous revolution, right? Yeah. And I think one of the, the things that empowered their bravery was having each other. Because yeah. they supported one another as a community. And I think they, they felt you know, they also took that bravery from their courage was really born out of their faith in the way, the faith to be of service, a faith, uh, faith that called them to be compassionate and to serve and to be inclusive and to be a part of the world. And, um, and that really actually transformed and really created ripple effects that we, that we are still seeing that still to this day in all over the world and especially here in Southern California. Yeah, I thought there was a really, um, a, a couple really beautiful moments, but one, and I can't remember, I can't remember who was saying it, but just to that point of, like, if you're not willing to put yourself on the line in service of others, if you're not willing to put your body on the line in service of others, then what are you doing, <laughs> basically? And then also, I thought it was really interesting, this... Um, heartache almost of these women who when they're deciding to leave the church do so with a really strong conviction of what they're believing in but also with a sadness and a pain because it's yeah. been their whole life and it's been this really wonderful in a lot of ways community as you say pedro to to be a part of and this community of women is so identifying for for who they are absolutely i mean and and it's you know, it's, they devoted their lives to this institution. In so many ways, it was um, the end of a marriage. It was uh, it was a heartbreak for so mm -hmm. many of them, and it and it was a huge sacrifice because they had to sacrifice a lot, of, not only identity but you know financial stability. Right. Um, and and the the obstacle of uh, of a whole community that you know they were painted as rebellious, they were painted as many here in the local media in Southern California as something that they didn't see themselves as. So I think it was, um, it was very difficult, but I think what they stood for, for what they believed in, was much stronger. And they still had each other. They formed a new community. They left the church. You know, they left the, the canonical structure of the church, but they, I think that their, their faith remained and only grew. Because I think the the sacrifices that and the, the what they were being asked to do was basically to compromise their faith, you know, in in order to stay in the church, and they couldn't live with that. They're so badass. They really are. <laughs> and I think it, it, it's also, and I think it's running through this conversation. I know we got to get to Harold, our next <laughs> guest, but it's so much about inclusion, and you know, that's so important. Of what we talked about earlier, your question earlier about this, that that. 
everybody's in a human condition. We're trying to figure this out in different ways. And, and the nuns do that in a beautiful way with, with the queer community, with all sorts of communities that have been underserved by by the Catholic, not underserved, but marginalized or dismissed by the Catholic Church. So there's so much beauty in this film. Pedro, we're really looking forward to having you back in Telluride, because he was just here for Telluride Film Festival with a lovely short called Lead Me Home about homelessness. So he said, so we're we can't wait to see you in soon, Pedro. Awesome. <laughs> well, can't wait to be back. It's a magical place, and it's uh, one of the, the the great treasures of, of of this country. I can't wait to come back to Telluride. So thank you so much for having for having us. Um, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Well, Pedro, thank you so much for joining us for a few minutes this evening, and we'll see you in in a few weeks. Thank you. Can't wait. Bye, Pedro. All right. We'll be back in one moment, folks, with our final guest of the evening. It's clipping a bye, so we're going to go for it now. Can you hear us? Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hello. Hello. We were just listening to a little bit of Sam Sam from your album. So there we go. Oh, right. That was <laughs> so Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, it sounds like it's music. <laughs> oh, Guys, my goodness. I put it together. <laughs> You're oh, my so first good. Is true. That was oh, beautiful. Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. We're, yeah. all, we're all fanning out over here. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so Harold, you're going to be um, part of Original Thinkers this year, and you are a, a musician, a storyteller, an activist, a martial artist, which I think is very cool. Multidisciplinary. But I'm curious, you know, as we've, throughout this hour, we've been talking so much about how Original Thinkers is a storytelling festival in a lot of ways, in addition to an ideas festival, but... So I want to just put it to you first. What draws you to music as a form of storytelling? Well, for me, music, that was, it's, a, it's a very special story with how I got into that and how that drew me in. It was through watching Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, like a lot of kids, Looney Tunes, Disney films. That's where I saw music and storytelling coming together. That's what pulled me in. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> what made you decide to, to focus on piano? Well, so there's two parts to this. When I was a kid, if you asked me if I was a musician, I would say no. And if you asked <laughs> me at the same time if I knew how to play the piano, I would say yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's because ever since I was a kid, there was always some kind of keyboard around. My grandmother had an old organ at home that I would play with. My dad got me a little keyboard when I was a kid, a light blue Kermit the Frog keyboard. And for so many years, I thought it was his keyboard. I thought the little Kermit the Frog miniature keyboard <laughs> was his. And it wasn't until many years later I found out I was an adult. I mean, I, I found out when I was an adult that it was actually a keyboard he got for me. That was a no-brainer. <laughs> Now, come around junior high school, that's when I made the conscious choice to become a pianist. And in between all that time, I tried all kinds of different things. I was 
I wanted to be a gymnast. I wanted to be an animator, an illustrator. The piano was always there the entire time. Hmm. That's really beautiful. Yeah. So Harold's part of our show. Our purpose is our story. And just as you can tell already, Harold's an incredible storyteller. And he's actually the, the person we were speaking with when we got, for example, as I was speaking to earlier, our show title. And we, you know, had heard of Harold through friends and we connected with him and we're like, we have to speak with this, this person. He's so fascinating. And he was, he just got to telling some stories and then talked about purpose and story and we were like oh my oh. gosh that's our show yeah we looked at each other <laughs> and there we were okay so that is actually really intriguing to me because when i listen when i hear that show title there's something in me that goes hmm i don't know how i feel about that uh-huh. and because and maybe it's redefining the concept of purpose mm-hmm. in my brain but so harold i would love to hear from you since you were the inspiration of um you know, what does that mean? Does, do you need, quote-unquote, purpose to have a story? Well, the way I see it, and I'm really glad that you asked that question, and I like that you're asking what does it mean, because for me, what I've learned and what I've discovered is that it comes down to meaning and the meanings we make of our stories. That is how we find our purpose. That's how we find our purpose deep inside all of us. And what I believe is that we all connect to the same and we grow from what's different. And not only that, everything that we, that every one of us does in our lives, we do to make our life better. And it's in uncovering the meanings behind the stories and our experiences in our lives we can get down to the core of that true positive intention that we all have. Even if it's negative behavior, even if it's someone that, that may be harming themselves or, or is going through or not making the best choices that they can make for themselves in their lives, deep down inside they're doing it because they, they, they were doing it because we believe that it will make our life better. And so when I think about our purpose being our story, that is just the beginning. Well, the stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let and that that's why he made a second. Yeah, that's why we pulled that inspiration. That's so lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely I'm way so to put it out. And so, so the core of who we are are the original thinkers. Yeah. yeah. That's, you heard it there. Yeah. Um, it would be incredible. Harold, this hour that we are part of has gone by so quickly and we are almost out of it. But I do want to ask you, as you are a composer and as a martial artist, how are those two things the same? Mm. Oh, how are those two things the same? You know, sometimes when I, so many times I answer this question, the answer changes. So what comes up for me about it now, it's they're both languages. They're both, like, so creatively speaking, one thing that helped me in my approach to the martial arts is how can I uncover its fundamental building blocks? And just like music, you can trace it back down to one note at a time. And how can I see the system of martial arts as one note at a time? How can I make simple melodies in martial arts with my body? How can I make chord progressions? How can I compose? If you look at a martial arts system, most of them, traditional martial arts, will have these long forms and short form kata. And these in themselves are compositions which were born out of spontaneous improvisation. That's really cool. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's... That's beautiful. Um, Well, Harold, we are at the end of our hour now, and I so appreciate you taking just a few minuscule moments (laughs) to chat with us today. I'm sure we could keep talking, all of these folks that we've been talking to this evening, we could keep talking to for much longer, but you'll be here in just a couple weeks, and folks can continue to have these conversations. Um, And we really appreciate you taking a few moments this evening. Thank you, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was absolutely my pleasure, and I look forward 
to seeing each and every one of you out in person and tell you I for original thinking stuff. Yay! Yeah. And for anyone who wants to join us virtually or we still have a few patron passes left, I think. You can find info at originalthinkers.com. Yep, but virtual passes, we have a bunch, too. Yep. And we really hope people tune into that. And mm -hmm. like you said, we keep talking to these folks, and they're amazing. And we have a bunch of them coming here. We have a bunch of them online. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of cool stuff at Original Thinkers, and we're grateful for the time, Julia. We hope you'll join us. Final moment. What are the dates again? September 30th to October 3rd mm -hmm. for the in-person in Telluride. The entire month of October... For the virtual festival, some things will be limited on time and windows and all that. But but we'll be rolling out new content all month, so it's yeah. going to be a really exciting month. month. It's I like you're, you'll get new stuff every few days. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Well, thank you for joining so much. Thanks to everybody who tuned in, and we'll see you at Original Thinkers in a few weeks. Awesome. Good night, y'all. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh, you, you.